I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, this is the new podcast in town on the Podcast One uh, Airwaves. This one hosted by Playboy Playmate Jessa Hanton. It's called Anything Goes with Jessa Hanton, and it's exactly what's happening on today's Talk is Jericho. Anything Goes with Y2 Jessa, including stories about what it takes to become a Playboy Playmate, stories about Hugh Hefner, the Playboy Mansion, the infamous grotto. You don't want to know what happens in the grotto. Dating men and women. Jess is very open about her bi- sexuality as you hear today she's also not really a girly girl she's got more of a guy's mentality when it comes to dating sex and even how she likes to spend her free time she's all about video games and sweatpants she is definitely a tomboy and boy is she ever hot too she's she's a very pretty girl she's very funny she's a great great personality her podcast is awesome this interview is awesome she talks about her video games her sweatpants and about the nfl Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride on a Friday. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, I'm in love. And I've got Playboy Playmate Jessa Hinton coming up. But before we find out about the inner workings of the Playboy Mansion and all the things you got to do to become a Playboy Playmate and all the fame and fortune and everything that goes with it to becoming a Playmate, we're going to get right to wise cousin Chad. All right, I was in Edmonton and Calgary last weekend, as I told you on the Wednesday show. And me and wise cousin Chad and good, good what's the good word, Todd and Spiwi got together to have an Iron Maiden listening party of the Book of Souls, Maiden's new record at wise cousin chad's house you can check out last wednesday's podcast with guest dana warrior to hear that story plus dana was an amazing guest oh she's so awesome i I dig her uh she's talking all about her husband the ultimate war anyways wise cousin chad and i sat down in front of the mics to talk about bruce dickinson axel rose and chad's high school band cletus you want to know the inside story about cletus it's all here right here right now with wise cousin chad all right, at uh, Wise Cousin Chad's house here in Calgary, 
Uh, last time we did a little bit of a podcast interview, we were both still completely loaded. <laughs> the Hall of Fame thing. We did wow, it in the you morning. listen back to that, you're like, Jesus. Oh, man, we were just super drunk trying to bang it out beforehand. But uh, we wanted to do a reprise because um, last week on, on this show, Talk is Jericho, Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden, at the end of the interview, I asked him uh, about this time when you and I went to the radio station and met him and gave him your band's t-shirt for Cletus. <laughs> and he remembered. And you heard it. I mean, in my yeah. at first I thought he was taking the piss. But I, either he's really good at doing that or I mean he looked he was surprised. I remember that. I remember that. Before I, I could even finish talking though. Yeah. He was yeah. I remember that. I mean how many guys show up to a guy at a radio station, stare at him until he says, you know, you want a picture? And then give him a t-shirt. But that was twenty seven years ago, man. You gotta think about like from from my yeah. point of view I haven't been doing what I do for 27 years, but if you said, hey, 1992, I met you, it's pretty hard to remember, but maybe the name Cletus. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was the name Cletus. He's probably thinking, you know, how do you forget the name Cletus? And it's not like I gave him a cassette tape. Here, here's our band's music. Check it right. out. You know, that would go right in the trash, right? But you know, yeah, it's a he, shirt with this weird looking guy on it. And, uh, and then he <laughs> actually said that he wore it. Yeah, because I wore that. Because remember, we were laughing like we probably see Nico polishing his symbols with it the next day or something like that. And but, I used to go and look at you know every Metal Edge magazine or or Kerrang or Hit Parader, right? And I'm like, okay, there's going to be one shot with him with the shirt. On. <laughs> but let, let's tell the story though. So yeah. from and this is what I remember, and you tell me what you remember. We were you came into Winnipeg from Yorkton yeah. to see. The Maiden Show, yep. Seven Son of a Seven Son Tour, right? Yeah. Because you used to come from Yorkton, Winnipeg for a lot of concerts. A lot of concerts. Mom and Dad were very nice to us and drove us four and a half hours yeah. on a weeknight, on a school night, to go oh. see a show. Like, I mean, how many times did we go see shows in Winnipeg? Well, look, I can remember um, Motley Crue and White Snake. Scorpions. Scorps, right? Yeah. Um, David Lee Roth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Motley Crue, Dr. Feelgood. I remember Todd came out for that one. I don't think mm. he were there. I took him to the bar and he was like 14 years old, but I had some fake ID for him. I remember he went and passed out in my 76 Valari after, uh, after the bar. <laughs> but okay, so you would yeah. come in and so, so they, 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 that was on a weeknight, that Maiden show? Mm. I can't remember if it was on a weeknight, but I, I remember like, you know, mom and dad pulling us out of school, letting us go to this thing, you know, skipping school for concerts. It was important. It was cool. You know? So, right. So, so, so anyway, so we're sitting there and I remember we were listening to 92 City FM in Winnipeg. Shout out to 92 City FM in Winnipeg. And Bruce Dickinson is on the air talking about that evening's show. Yeah, and, and I don't know if this was... Because we also went to um, the Winnipeg Arena and we... Because Guns N' Roses were opening. So we were... Remember, there was, we saw Axel skateboarding, right? And then, and then it's like, you know, we're trying to... You know, hey, Axel, Axel. And he's just skateboarding. Right. And, you know, nothing, right? Nothing. Yeah. I remember, I even told this to him when I met him that one time at Eddie Trunk. I said, you know, because we, we said to him, hey, Axel, will you sign this? And he said, I'll, I'll come back and do it later. And he never came back. And that was my big beef with him. I said, Axel, I got a beef with you. You know, you said you're going to sign it and you never came back. He said, I thought you were going to say that I, you know, banged your girlfriend or your mom or something. <laughs> and then do you remember during the, when we saw Duff? Hanging around in the in the the basement of the, in the basement arena. of the arena, yeah. and there was fans all around. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, and he was yeah. People were just talking to him. He was he was loaded, and he had all these buttons. I remember he had these buttons on him. And he that was, was the thing in the eighties. Buttons, buttons on his jean jacket or whatever, and he was selling them. He was selling buttons for like five dollars a button. What? Yes, he and people were like giving him cash, and he was like taking off buttons off his jacket. <laughs> And no kidding. See, I don't remember that. I'll yeah, have to tell yeah. him. Oh, I remember that. He yeah. probably had, they probably had no money at the time because that was uh, I think that was one of their first tours. And you remember what happened with that too? Because that maiden tour, 
was really poorly attended. I remember there was probably three, 4,000 people there and Guns N' Roses was the opener. And about three months later is when Sweet Child of Mine hit huge. So that was kind of like their last tour as openers and kind of Maiden's beginning of their descent. Wow. You know, yeah. you know it's, it's, it's a long ago. I don't remember like how packed it was. It just seemed so big to me regardless, right? You know, you're from a little town in Saskatchewan. But, and I remember we came late to the show because we walked. I remember we had floor seats. Uh, what were we? Eighth row floor. I remember it was pretty close. Wow. And we, I remember pulling back these curtains to go on the floor and Brownstone was playing. And oh. we missed, I think we missed two songs. Probably. Okay. It's so easy. Welcome. Is that because we were at the radio station? I don't know. I don't know why, but we were late. To me, it's all like one long story. Yeah. It might not yeah. be, but yeah. so, so we're, we're listening to it and they were like, Hey, listen, I remember like it dawned on me. Like if Bruce is on the radio, let's listen to him. And then it's like, wait, yeah, he's on the radio. Like yeah. we can go there. And sooner or later, he has to walk out. Yeah. And and where it was, I keep saying CJOB, but it was like CJOB City FM. And that that like Winnipeg is a pretty small town, and I could get there from from my parents' house to to the station in about twenty minutes. And I remember we got in the car and zipped down there as fast as we could. Yeah. yeah. And then we pull up in the parking lot, and there was a couple other people there, but Barely not many. Three or four. That's it. And yeah. it wasn't too long after that that Bruce walks out. Yeah. And and just you're you're shocked, like wow. And this short, you know, first time you see him close, he's, he's shorter than you think, yeah. right? You think he's going to be like tall or yeah. something, yeah. And he's just kind of, you know, everyone's just kind of staring at him. And then he's just looks at us and says, oh, do you want a picture or something like that, right? Yeah, he broke the ice. Yeah, totally. Just, we we're just staring at him. Because, you know, back then, that was 1988. I'm like, you were actually wearing the shirt that you bought that night at the show. Still Can fits. Can I play with that? It still fits. <laughs> and I'm going to walk around and look at the tour dates on the back. And I see Winnipeg, May 23rd. 1990, uh, 1988. I don't know if that's a weeknight, but that's, you know. Well, we'll have to check and see. Yeah. We'll go back and look. If people at home, uh, hit me up on the Twitter, at Talk is and let me know if it's a weeknight <laughs> or if it's a weekend. So, uh, but he broke the ice and took pictures. Now, now we had. We had, oh yeah, we had, a, that's right. We had a, a, a handy cam. So back in Yorkton. Let me just say a handy okay. cam. You have to, you know, it's a video camera. Oh yeah, sorry. Like a handheld <laughs> video camera. With a tape in it. Right, an actual tape <laughs> cartridge, right. So yeah. back in Yorkton, what? So I rented this this thing because bootlegs were pretty big back then. You know, you'd go to the record store and there'd be cassette tapes of like, you know, David Lee Ross. Somebody, rec- well, we, you know, I yeah, would, we recorded, we recorded yeah. a lot you, of them, you, right? You would sneak in a, a tape recorder. A tape recorder in my, in my in crotch. In yeah. yeah. And I thought, you know, how cool would it be to, to do a video bootleg? And in 88, right? Yeah. So this thing came out, there was a battery and there was the main body and it came apart in two pieces. So back, back home, I was like testing it out. Yeah, I could shove this in my pants. And then if I give my brother Todd the other piece, yeah, oh, we're good. You know, no one's going to search our crotch. Did right? you buy this or no, was, I rented it? rented it. Okay. I rented it. So, um, yeah. So anyway, we had this camcorder. That's what, we, and we were filming Axel with it. That's right. We were chasing him on the skateboard and just filming you know. Axel. So then we took this thing and, and we were filming the whole thing. That's right. We're because yeah, I don't remember taking an actual photo with Bruce, but no. we had a video we camera. We had the video camera. Yeah. And were you filming me or I was uh, filming I, you? Yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but I remember like to me, like I had my arm around Bruce and Bruce was like, "Oh, it's a video camera. Wave at the camera, or something like that." He was being very animated and very cool. Yeah, like, and, and how cool of a video would that be, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had the we had it. Yeah, it was, we had it. We had, we had the video, footage. The footage and of, giving him the shirt, you know. And then I had oh, this. Tell, yeah, tell that. So then I had I had this band in Yorkton, which we were really bad, but we were called Cletus, and and it was um it was like. I thought, hey, you know, let's have this band. You know, I play drums. Let's. We got Al Dobko, who's like this awesome. Give the rundown of the lineup. Okay, so the rundown is uh, 
uh, Rob Lazinski on the bass guitar All right. using his dad's Fender Precision bass wow. or something like that. Okay. And then uh, Mark Bitkovich on rhythm guitar. Yeah. Um, and Al Dobko. So a bunch of Ukrainians. <laughs> Should have been <laughs> called the Ukrainians. Yorkton is full of Ukrainians. We got a lot of Ukrainians. Al Dobko was the guitar player? He was like the lead guitar. The, he was the only good guy in the band, right? He was like the, the local hotshot guitar yeah, player. Yeah, and, and somehow he hooked up with these losers that suck. But anyway. And he Chad, Chad Halawadek on the drums. On drums. So you had Dobko, Halawadek, Pitkovich, and Lazansky. Lazinski. Lazinski. And then okay. Boris, Colin Boris, was singing. And then what was his name? Boris, Colin Boris. Colin, Bo- his last name was Boris. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. All right, Colin Boris. There you uh, go. Y S because it's Ukrainian or something. And <laughs> and um, and then the last guy was Colin Puchala. How many on guys keyboards. in this band? Is Earth, uh, you know what? Keyboards. If anybody wanted to come play, you're in the band. <laughs> what kind of songs did you do? Oh man, the first song we ever did was "Talk Dirty to Me." What's the keyboard doing there? Oh, he wasn't involved oh, okay, then. Yeah, okay. we brought him in later, you know. Oh, yeah, when you needed to... Use expand, your illusion. <laughs> he had to expand your sound. When, when Seven Son had the guitar synths, you needed the, the little bit of the background for Moonchild. <laughs> what else did we do? We did, um, you know, those... those um, oh, we did, like, Guns N' Roses songs, Brownstone. We did... Um, did you do any Maiden songs? Nope. Okay. No those Maiden. Are, those are hard. Yeah, those are hard. not those aren't for us. That was your band. Yeah, yeah our band would do the main a trio. Yeah, we would do the main songs as a trio. We tried to emulate your band, and, and, and you came and jammed with us in, in my garage. I remember. Yeah. There's some. I remember something about Justice for All or something like that. Maybe one of the kids could play Justice for All. Lyle Biblo. Lyle Biblo. <laughs> Not anyway. to be, okay. So, so anyway, anyway so, we created so this, this, and you had the thing why your band was better than mine is because you guys had merch. Yeah, it was all about the merch, right? Like, right. like who cares how good we sound? Right. We got a T-shirt. We got tour dates on the back. We're like Chad's garage yeah, yeah. rob's basement you know silly shit right but where did cletus come from the name you know i think i was we were out the, the big thing back then was going for coffee all the time during the week right so you know what are you doing so let's go to co- let's go for coffee let me say this to you you had like uh the curly mullet and these giant glasses yeah like giant like covering half your face i thought those were in style well, apparently well they might have been at God, the time you look back now they look like like ski goggles <laughs> Right. Okay. So you went up for coffee. Yeah, and then uh, we were we had we had this idea to have this band, and then someone said, uh, you know, we're thinking about names, and then someone said, well, you know, I said, what is that called? That 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 space between tits, and I couldn't, I didn't know what it was, right? And like I, and someone said cleavage, and I didn't hear what they said. I said Cletus. <laughs> And that was how it came up. So <laughs> that's great. I never knew that. Okay, so you guys had the merch, and you you and then you we see still Bruce. screened all the we still screened these right. shirts, and we sold a ton at high school. Right, everybody wanted a Cleta shirt. So and then we actually had a second round of Cleta shirts, different designs. So anyway, it was all about the shirts. People bought them. So I took one to uh, to Winnipeg, and just carried it around, thinking if I run into Bruce or somebody from Maiden or someone from Guns, I'll give him the, yeah. the shirt. So I had it on me. And he's standing there. I'm like, uh, "Hey, Bruce, uh, what's this? Yeah, 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 we have this. We have this band in, in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, and uh, you know, we 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 make these shirts. And I'm wondering, maybe you know, maybe uh, you'd like a shirt." He's <laughs> looking at me. What? But he took it. He took it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. 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 And we were laughing, like, "Oh yeah, sure." Like you said, like the next day, Nico's going to be using them to polish his drums or whatever. But then when we when I asked Bruce about it, he's like, "Oh, I remember them." And I said, "What'd you do with the shirt?" And he said, "I wore it." I think he actually wore it. Yeah, and he sounded like he he actually wore it. And when it. you see Bruce, he's not the most fashionable guy. Yeah. So I can see him getting, oh, it's a shirt. It's clean. I'll wear it. Yeah. I'm in the middle of this tour. I'll put Who it knows? on. So I, I see that he could wear that. So, 
let's continue. So we've got now Bruce Dickinson on video. This is the best. It, like yeah. no one's gonna believe this. And he's got a Cletus shirt. Wait till the he wait till even, Yorkton hears about right. this one. He might have even held up and went, I love Cletus. I mean, I, don't, I endorse Cletus with all of my power. I mean, yeah. We don't know what he said, yeah. but he I, in, in my mind it was something really cool. We were with him. Our arms were around him. It was great. So we go to the show. We film Axel. That's another thing that's on there. Yeah. And now we have to sneak this video camera into the show. Now, this is a different time. This is not like, like you know, you take your cell phone now and film it. Like, you were not allowed to film or take pictures of anything. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. No, no cameras, right? nothing. No video cameras. That was even said, like, there would be signs on the wall. Yeah. And most video cameras were huge and cumbersome. Yeah. You had the the small one. This was from Mr. Stereo. It was the new the new thing, right? Shout out to Mr. Stereo in Yorkton. <laughs> so we you had one piece and I had the other. I remember. Is yeah. that how it went? Yeah, yeah. And we walked in, no problem. We set we walked in for Brownstone. We got to our seats. I think it, for some reason I remember eighth row, seventh row, something like that. We were close. We were really close. And then I'm like, I filmed. I filmed Guns and Roses. The whole well, well we, oh, you filmed all Guns and the Roses. whole Guns and Roses set. Wow, so this is Guns N' Roses 88 before they broke, before, before they made it big. Yeah. Because like, Appetite was out, but remember, it took about a year before Sweet Child caught on and made it huge. Yeah, totally. And had, you know, had it all, right? It was kind of like they have that show live at the Ritz, right? It was That's that, right. that era. That type of vibe. Yeah, that vibe. Yeah, yeah. it was, right. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then Maiden came out. And then Maiden came out. And uh, yeah, yeah, Moonchild, right? Moonchild was the opener. Yeah. And then... Infinite Dreams? It, on the record, is it wasn't Infinite. It was something like Wrathchild, because I went back and checked. Okay, okay. If you go back and check the set list, Iron, Iron Maiden, 1988. And I remember the third song was... Prisoner. Prisoner. Yeah. Right. So uh, so what happened? So we're getting wicked footage, and I can't believe it. And, and then Steve, like, there's this time where he's just you know, holding the bass and pointing the neck of the guitar right at me and just looking right at me. And I'm like, this is crazy. So do you think he saw you filming? <laughs> he had to have, right? <laughs> he saw the red light. What the because <laughs> we were, and this is there was no stub of or online. No, like, this was we, like spending the night getting yes, tickets yeah, exactly, overnight, right? or calling as much as yeah. you can to to try and get in there, or whatever yeah. it may Tell be. Tell the whole family to call uh, the CBO or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so Steve is looking at you, and um, so I'm getting. I'm it getting was Moonchild, the evil that men do, and oh, then the prisoner. Oh, wow. Just looking at it right now. Okay, and and then the prisoner comes on and. Uh, like very close to the beginning of the song. I remember just, I remember from what I recall, it was during the opening drum beat. And you're filming. And all of a sudden I get grabbed. Like someone just grabs my shirt and yanks. Cause we're all standing on the chairs, right? On the floor, on, right? Yeah. On the floor. And he just yanks me off my chair and he just grabs me and, and just basically drags me away from my seat. And I have this camera and then you know, as I'm leaving, I'm trying to shove the camera to you. Yeah. Because because I knew what was you know, obviously I'm in trouble. I've, I've been you know I've been had right. So I'm I'm shoving it, shoving it, giving you the camera, and you're fumbling with it like you couldn't grab it. And it was I don't know if the strap was on my hand, right? I think that's what it was because in my in my memory it was like a relay race where you, where you're trying to pass me the the baton but in reverse, and I couldn't grab it like it was just a little bit out of my reach. And then maybe I did grab it, but I think you had the strap on it. We just couldn't get our, <laughs> our sync together. And what I saw in my old dreams was uh, this guy, to me at the time, you know, we're how old are you? 17 years old? You're 15 yeah, years old. This guy that. was massive. Yeah. He had super long ponytail down to like his ass, uh, cut off sleeves, and just these giant arms. Yeah, ripped. That's ripped. what I saw. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm trying to get the camera. And then finally, you, 
I lost you. And then he, he takes me side of the stage through the gates backstage. And he just, he just, he just reams me out. He's like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And just, just yelling at me. Right. He's like, give me your camera. And I'm like, shit, man, this isn't my camera. I rented it. I'm thinking to myself, Oh God, first of all, I'm going to get kicked out and I'm going to, this camera is a thousand dollars or whatever. Right. I'm screwed. I'm yeah. screwed. And then he's like, and he looks at the camera and he, and he opens it up and he grabs the tape and then he's, he takes it and he puts it in his pocket and then he says, give me the battery or actually he just took, yeah, he asked, give me the battery. So I opened up the camera and I handed him the battery, that, that part of the camera. And he, and he says, uh, and then he's like, come back after the show and I'll give you back the battery. What? And then he just says, get back to your seat. Oh, like I thought I was gone. Mm-hmm. So he took half the camera that I don't own. And he says, just come back here after the show. So, you know, he yelled at me, read me out, but then he's like, gives me a second chance. Right. And he just didn't want me to, if I had another tape, I would just continue right. taping. Right. So, so we watched the rest of the show, go to the back. Great go, show. Great show. Go to the side, obviously. Yeah. This, and what you're saying, go to the back. In other words, we're on the floor and he's saying, basically wait here. Like you're on the side by the boards. Yeah. Where the, where they have the, yeah, the he's the not fence. bringing us backstage. No, like where all the, the techs are. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So he comes back there and he meets me there and he, he gives me the battery. I'm like, well, what about the tape? <laughs> He's like, you're not getting the tape back. I'm like, listen, uh, you know, earlier today we, we saw Bruce and, you know, he said that, that we could record this. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no. Yeah, he said that we could, we could, we could videotape this show. <laughs> and he just looks at me. He's like, wait here. And he goes and he's gone for 10 minutes, maybe a little bit more. And I'm just sitting there and you're there too, right? And yeah, I'm Todd and Todd, right? Yeah, and he comes back and he says, "Don't you ever fucking send me on a wild goose chase again." I remember, I remember those words, right? Bruce doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about. He says, "Get out of here." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> now he was talking too, and we we thought he had a thick British accent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but it was a thick accent. It was right? a thick accent. Yeah. So yeah, so don't leave it. So so he must have went backstage and asked Bruce, "Hey, some kids are filming backstage or filming the show. Did you say that he that he could?" He's probably like, no, no, <laughs> like no. What are you talking about? So we were so distraught because we lost the footage of the show, and more importantly, lost the footage of us meeting Bruce. Yeah, gone you know? forever. Yeah. So here's the epilogue to the story. Yeah. Two thousand. Now I'm in the WWE. I've got some notoriety. Iron Maiden reunites with Bruce and Adrian. They do the Brave New World tour. We, I'm not sure how it ended up being, but we're in a backstage. We're hanging out backstage. Yeah, we went. We went to two shows. We went. To, we did to Chicago and Milwaukee. So I'm walking around the corner, probably at the second show, and this is like something out of a scary movie. I walk around the corner, turn around, and standing right in front of me is the guy, the security guard. Except for he has shorter hair now, but he's still big, and I see him instantly see his face. Yeah. And he starts walking towards me like, oh, my gosh, he's going to beat me up. He's going to get me after all these years. And he goes, are you Chris Jericho? I'm like, yeah. He goes, hey, my name is Peter. I work for Iron Maiden. It's nice to meet you. And I'm like, dude, you have got to be freaking kidding me right now. His thick accent is he was sweet. He's Swedish. Yeah. He moved from being Iron Maiden's head of security to being their personal masseuse. And he is the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. And I told him the story and I said, he goes, I'm not going to say really remember it was 15 years ago, but he was basically saying, I don't know if he remembered us specifically, but he said, whenever I saw people filming, I would never take the camera away. I would take the tape and that's it. I never wanted to be an asshole and smash the camera. I don't know if it's there as a present. Their dad gave it to him. They rented it. And I said, that's correct because you took the tape and the battery and came back and gave us the battery back. 
how cool is that? Yeah, that he so did that. Cool. And 15 years later, Peter from Sweden, nicest guy ever. But when I walked around the corner of some stand, I was like, oh my God, it's like seeing Jason Voorhees is going to kill me. Yeah, he looked the same. He's just as built as just he was as built, in 88, you know, just, right? like, you know, 27 years older, but he's yeah. still in the system. So That's crazy. It was a great ending to the story. Uh, the final question, will there ever be a Cletus reunion? Um, you know, um, there might be. Yeah, we might we might pull <laughs> pull out some of the old covers that that <laughs> we really sucked. Well, the, the demand is huge now. Everyone's is talking it? about Cletus. Is it? Well, Are they? People, I got at least four or five tweets about Cletus. Twitter's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you heard it right here. A Cletus reunion could be in the works playing all of their hits. Uh, if they wrote a hit, they could play one. If not, they're going to do cover tunes. Uh, we should put together a double bill. Cletus and Fozzie, one night only in Calgary. Uh, it's, it's the battle of two bands with weird names. One of us lasted longer than the other. But hey, Bruce Dickinson never wore a Fozzie t-shirt. He wore a Cletus t-shirt, though. Always a great hang to be with wise cousin Chad. WCC. Hit him up at Hallowatic on the Twitter. At Hallowatic on the Facebook. That's H-O-L-O-W-A-T-U-K, total Ukrainian name, as you heard the uh, rundown of Cletus, all the Ukrainians. Go hit him up. He's a great guy. Uh, always, always a fun, fun time with him. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Talk is Jericho. Okay, so I'm here with the uh, lovely Jessa Hinton. And you are super punctual. Like, today's been one of those days where I have, like, four interviews booked one after another, and you got here, like, 15 minutes early, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. I was actually 45 minutes early. 45 minutes yeah. early? Wow. See, I was trying to get your attention to wave at you through the glass, but then I'm trying to run the show, and I, I had gum in my mouth, and I was just There's like, a lot of stuff full. going on. There's a lot of stuff going on, right. But you said you've never been late before in your life? Nope. I mean, maybe a car accident once, but no, I always try to be at least 30 minutes ahead of schedule. Really? Mm-hmm. Especially in L.A. with traffic, you never know. That's true. Yeah. So I would hate to be one of those people that blame everything on traffic. I'd rather just arrive early and just be on time. Because that's the Hollywood style. Like you just mm-hmm. show up a little bit later. Like, what's up? You yeah. Know? I mean, you might catch me with no makeup and in sweats. But as long as I'm here, when I say I'm going to be here, then I did my job. And so. if it's audio, it yeah, you don't matter. really care. Well, I just shoot today, so I kind of came full glam. Um, I've been up since five a.m. shooting. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Um, so I kind of just hit you on the way back up over the hill. I live in Sherman Oaks, so okay. Kind of like on my way up. So what do you? What were you shooting for? Um, I actually am starting a clothing line. So I've been modeling since about 14 and kind of feel like it's my time to step away a little bit. So I'm coming out with a, a clothing line since I know the industry so well. So I'm shooting all the behind the scenes right now and getting ready to launch for um, fall. So you're kind of going behind the scenes, not in front of the camera anymore? Exactly. Okay, but the golden question, how do you launch a clothing line? It's so hard, but with social media, um, I feel like that's more of an asset than anything right now. There's a lot of companies that kind of uh, do the whole downtown Elaine flip clothes for you know triple what they bought it for. Um, but for us, our goal was to find basics. So every guy and girl has the white t-shirt, the gray t-shirt, the black t-shirt. Every time I throw it in the wash, it fades or the color is not as uh, sharp as it used to be. So we're actually from scratch making men's and women's basic t-shirts that will last for a lifetime. 
So, so once you actually make the product, okay, we want to make this white T-shirt or mm-hmm. black T-shirt or Davy Crockett coonskin cap or whatever it sure. may be. Then what's the next step? Like well, distribution I'm, or? Yeah, so I market everything or I'm actually manufacturing everything in Los Angeles. So that's uh, a bonus. Um, but another kind of like side project which helps me is discovering new talent. So there's a lot of girls that will ask me like, how do you get into the industry? So I kind of use that in my networking to bring the up and comers, you know, kind of. You're talking about models or fashion designers? No, models, models, yeah. So because I want to step away, that gives me a chance to kind of scout new girls and who might not have the chance to be a model. So I'm kind of mentoring slash having them be the face of the company. Wow. Okay. So you just like people are just messaging you or tweeting all the time, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they know it's like if we want to get into this, you would have the inroads to do so. Yeah. And I never really had the time to sit down and kind of um, respond to everything. So this, I did like an open call mm-hmm. and I had maybe guys and girls cause we're doing men's as well. I had probably like 300 DMS. Uh, some of them were not pictures that I'd like to see, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but um, the majority of it was people very interested from all over the world. Um, people that were from different countries that said, if I had the opportunity to come to LA, could you kind of help me? Mm. So that was actually interesting for me and kind of made me feel like what I was doing was the right time because of the type of response I got. So why are you talking about like I want to step back from from modeling? Um, I feel that when you do your career, your job, you should be passionate about it. And for a while, um, I was doing doubles like every day. Like I loved it. I, I got like a high from being, you know, in demand. And now as I get older, I feel that um, I don't find the love for it as I used to. I'd rather do more behind the scenes and kind of use kind of use this instead of uh, <laughs> instead of my use looks. Head instead yeah, of I've been doing it for so long that I, I don't have the need to be told that I'm good looking or I don't have the, the urge to be in front of the camera for that praise. I've already gotten it and I think that I could help other people so I'd rather just do that now is there a kind of a, um, a conception or a misconception sometimes that because you're a pretty girl that you're like maybe a bubble head or something along those lines out in Hollywood definitely 100% um, and a lot of people think that you're always in the spotlight going to the Mr. Chow and I live in Sherman Oaks I never go over the hill unless it's for work I have my little Ventura Boulevard um, malls or little uh, shops that I go to but I never wanted to be in the spotlight. It kind of just fell into it. So I went to school. I'm a laser technician. And I was, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> um, laser anything, hair removal? Anything aesthetically that you can do with the laser, I can take care of. Like So veins, uh, yeah, uh, birth, uh, skin tags, stuff like that. I can wow. take care of. So yeah. this is what you do? That, that's, what was like- that's what I was going to school for. Okay. Um, and supporting myself, I was a competitive gymnastics coach. So I was discovered at a wedding, kind of one thing led to another, and I just fell into it. Um, and I'm thankful because it, it took me so many places. And I also became a playmate. Um, I was one of the older playmates. I was a playmate at 27, which is like grandma years for a playboy. Really? Yeah. Um, and divorced with a kid, which is, again, like, another, like a triple, a yeah, triple like whammy, yeah. working against me. Yeah. Um, and that also kind of my mindset going into the entertainment world already have been, you know, in, in the atmosphere. I was more smart about it. I, I actually um, had all my ducks in a row and used it as a stepping stone rather than just the girls that move to LA, they become a playmate and then they're like, oh, my month's over. Now what do I have to do? Mm. Like, And they start going you know, into, no offense, escorting or cocktailing or what. I used it as a stepping stone and I became a TV host. Um, I do a lot of stuff for YouTube um, and used it you know, as, as an advantage rather than um, mm-hmm. using that as my only, as only source. Yeah, have. exactly. Right. Um, first of all, before I forget, what's the name of your clothing line? Uh, and Oliver. And Oliver. Mm-hmm. Oliver? Yeah. What's the co- connection? Um, a good friend of mine is a photographer. We've worked together for a long time, and his last name is Oliveri. Okay. And we kind of were trying to put names uh, together, and we sat for a week, and we just couldn't figure it out. And we like the name Oliver. I think it's so clean, and it kind of just 
It just okay. happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't I have st- this like thing I that I saw. saw. You're not like a Charles Dixon fan or something. Okay. I yeah. was starred in the high school play Oliver. Okay. So it didn't come from there. It didn't. Oh, <laughs> no. Oliver. Oh, that was the, one of the songs that we had to sing. That's adorable. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about this. I, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today is I really want to know the whole kind of nuts, soup to nuts. Is that a nuts and bowls? Soup to nuts? Whatever the, the whole yeah. story is of how you become a Playboy Playmate. Because you, in July 2011, you were the uh, it girl. Yeah. yeah. Right? Correct. So you mentioned that you're like, where are you from? Uh, Valencia. Okay, so you're a California girl. I am. Okay, so how does this? How does the whole process start? Um, well, a girlfriend of mine was a playmate, um, Marquetta, and she. Uh, I met her at a nightclub. Um, I was cocktailing in Las Vegas. I lived there for a couple years, and she asked if I ever thought about it. And at the time, I was like, mm, like I don't know. I just had my son. I wasn't really confident. So it was like a, I don't know, like a dream or something later on down the road, perhaps. Um, she took my pictures off of MySpace, submitted them to Playboy, and they called me the next day. Um, and then I came out and I tested. I found out a week later. They so what's, flew me. what's the test? Like you just take... So basically, um, they have you come out and you stay at the guest house. Um, so I you're get a, going right to the Playboy Mansion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, let me let me just specify. I'm not in the mansion. I'm yeah. not in Hef's room. A right. lot of people you know, have this uh, idea of Good how it goes down. No, no, no. There's a separate guest house on the property. So you get to walk around and uh, you know, view the grounds and, and all the animals. It's a great experience Let me just interject. There. I went to the Playboy Mansion one time years ago, and I was looking at the house. I was like, this house is really big, and it's nice, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's pretty cool. And they're like, what do you think? I'm like, oh, it's nice. Like no, no, that's not the house. That's the guest house. Yeah. The house is over there, and it was like the freaking White House, this giant thing. So the house that I thought was half house, like that's a really nice place, is the guest house. So it's not like a little one room. Sh- it's a no, giant- it's like a compound. Yeah, like it's, right, it's right, right. you know your own little city in a at the mansion. Um, so you're going to the guest house, correct? Right. And you do meet half. Um, he has uh, movie nights on the weekends. That's usually when you test. Um, but never once did I go upstairs. Never once did he make a pass at me. It was kind of just a sit down. What's your deal? Sure. I mean, it's, it's a business for him. And he wants to make sure that you're showing up the way that you are presenting yourself, you know, via picture and also that you're not an airhead. Like mm-hmm. he, he sits down and he has a conversation with you. So that's important to him that you oh, have... he's, you're representing the brand, especially because he's not going out as much as he used to. Interesting. You are now, you know, his brand ambassador for Playboy. Mm. So I'm pretty sure that there's some girls that do come out and maybe their personalities are off or they're rude or whatever the case may be. And they don't get it because of that. Mm-hmm. You can be a pretty girl, but if you have a crappy personality, then Playboy's probably not going to keep you. Got it. Um, so what's what's movie nights? Movie nights. Okay, so Friday uh, and Saturday nights he has movie night, and then Sunday he shows um, a movie that's in the theater. So he has kind of like the hookup, um, <laughs> and you get to see. I I think I saw my first Alfred Hitchcock movie, Birds, at uh, movie night. The Birds. Yeah, yeah and I was kind of a. Uh, it's just back in the day, the cinema is so different. Um, mm-hmm. But the the star of it, I forget her name. She was stunning. I couldn't take my eyes off oh, yeah. of her. Is it, is it, the blonde. I mean, is she it was, Janet, Janet Lee. Is that who it is? So. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. That's she was well, also in Psycho. I think. I think. Yes. 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 Okay. It's the same one. Staring at her. Like I couldn't take my eyes off of her, and I'm like, oh, they just don't make girls like that anymore. So like does he Elizabeth have, Taylor's. Oh yeah, like the classy old oh, school. I love um, it. You know, starlets. So does he have a theater in in his yeah, house? Yeah, he has a he has a movie theater. Um, he has his close friends come in. The playmates are allowed to come and watch movies anytime that they want. Um, that's a nice perk. He has a gym. He has a tanning bed. He has the pool. He has the grotto. It's just so kind of he's like he's got a, a lot of cool stuff going on in that place. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Actually, no, it was not Vivian Lee. It was Tippy Hedren. So then that another. name would have just like went over my head. Yeah. Could never have Tippi guessed. Tippi man. Okay. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> well, Duh. now it's, now I'm going to remember that because she was gorgeous. And, and how many people do we know named Tippy? I then, mean, that's the first that I've There met. needs to be more Tippies in this world. 
<laughs> I think. Like I said, they don't make them like that they anymore. They don't make the names like that the names anymore. Either. What the hell's going on? So you go and watch the birds, and like, so this is kind of still your your test, your audition, so Correct. to speak. Mm-hmm. And he wants to see, you know, kind of a person you are, mm-hmm. and, and and whatever as well. Plus, two, I, I imagine sometimes photos. If he's looking at photos, they can be touched up or whatever. So he wants Correct. to see what you look like in Correct. real life. Okay. So you spent some time with them. I did. Um, and then they have you go to the studio, which is no longer there. They moved studios. Um, it was on Santa Monica Boulevard. And just walking in, you see all the big posters of all the playmates. You know, you have the um, Brandy Rodericks. You have, I mean, there's a huge poster of Carmen Electra. So you're intimidated. You're like, well, why me out mm-hmm. of all of these girls? Because each one has their own story. And most of them become very successful. So here I am again, 27 years old, you know, with my son, me and my ex-husband split custody. How old um, was your son at the time? He, okay. So he's seven now. So I don't know. He was like four. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like you just had your baby. It's like you were probably all in shape and all. I was, I was in better shape after my son mm-hmm. than before. I was looking at pictures before my son. I was like, God, I didn't care about the way I looked. It was very awkward growing up. I was homeschooled and I feel like that did a lot for my self-esteem. <laughs> I just didn't know how to be a pretty girl, a popular, whatever it was. I was homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Um, so walking in there, you know, here I am a single mom you know, or just, uh, with, with my son divorced. And I remember meeting Arnie, who's one of the famous Playboy photographers. And he made me feel like a million bucks mm-hmm. and not in a cheesy kind of creepy way. The way that they talk to you during your test is is so inspiring and, and empowering hmm. for women because it's kind of at your own pace. So when you first walk in, you're like, oh, God, I got to be naked. But I actually was in the best shape of my life, and I felt confident. And if they would have caught me at any other day, it probably would have went a lot differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of go at your pace. So you start off, and when you get down to being naked, it's the most freeing experience. It's I guess it's kind of like if you were to go to a nudist beach, which I still have not gone to. I really <laughs> want to. Um and I felt like I could have gotten it at that time. The way that I felt with everybody kind of around you, you're in a room with 10 people staring at you. Mm-hmm. Not once did you feel creeped out or unprofessional. They, they or harassed make you or whatever. at all. No. And I, I get more harassment when I go to a grocery store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of, I felt like I wanted to be there and I wanted to be a part of the experience of being a playmate. And I got a phone call two days later that I had gotten it. And let me just say one thing. You're talking about a nudist beach. I went to a nudist beach once and there's no girls like you there. <laughs> It's not what you think. <laughs> so Anybody? it's like the, the topless pools in Vegas where you're like, oh, no, yes, it's put like, it back please, on. I was walking the beach in Nice, France. France, France time. Yeah, and it was the same thing. It's like, you got to be kidding. Dudes, too. It's like, oh, it's like a worm yeah. in, a, in a bird's nest. Like, put some clothes on. Yeah. Please. Terrible. So, yeah. Um, when Had you ever been naked at all in front of, you know, strangers? No. And you know what's funny? Still to this day, and this has to be something psychologically, um, past boyfriends have told me that when I go to bed, I'm in like a parka, like or I'm in a <laughs> turtleneck in these, in these uh, sweatpants. But then that weekend that I was doing that, I didn't even want to have clothes on. I felt like I would just walk around in my heels and I looked and felt great. And I think it's more of the, uh, I guess, the, the way that they make you they empower you. That's the best right, way to put it. Right. That's a great word. Yeah. Because that, that's way. what Playboy is. Like, if you're looking at, you know, dirty magazines or skin magazines or whatever, th- that's not Playboy. Like, I remember one time I bought a, a, a Playboy magazine, literally, this sounds so cliche, but to read an article about Metallica. Okay. And you can buy this magazine and read through it. And of course, then there's a lot of pretty girls, but it's not like some of those, like a penthouse or something where people are actually having sex in there. Right, right, there's right. a lot of, like, you know, bodily fluids that we don't really want to see. Playboy is very much empowering mm-hmm. the female body. Like these mm-hmm. are, this is a beautiful 
you know, piece of work, like mm-hmm. like a. It's Van more like Gogh, art. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, like a Van Gogh statue or does Van Gogh do statues? He I do. I was just gonna say he you should have. Does he do statues? <laughs> Is he a painter? Who am I thinking of? Michelangelo. <laughs> You're like Michelangelo, but you have two arms, not like Venus de Milo who only had one. Bless it. Um, So, yeah, so that's very empowering. And I also, uh, if you walk into some of these Playmates houses, they have their centerfold up on the wall. And some of these Playmates moms, their moms have been Playmates. So it's more of, um, it's not so hush-hush or taboo. And I grew up, my parents were very open. Um, The way I raised my son is very open. So I have a painting, not of me, but of um, a naked woman I got at the Fairfax and Melrose swap meet. And I just (laughs) bought this recently. Um, and I hung it in my house and I had a friend walk in and they said, oh, like, is that weird for your son? I'm like, what is, what's weird about it? This girl is stunning. It's an old, I want to say, um, she looks like she's from the thirties mm-hmm. and it's just her silhouette and it has like one breast showing. And the way that I look at it, it makes me feel just like that is a beautiful woman and it's not degrading and it's mm-hmm. not, um, it's very classy. And I never, it didn't cross my mind that that would be inappropriate. So for Playboy, it changed the way that I view women in general. Hmm. You know, it is more of like a, I I hold you in a higher regard than before I did Playboy. So if I saw a hot girl walking down the street, I never would hate. No, that's the word, hate. <laughs> it was more just kind of an insecurity. And once I did Playboy, I'm like, no, 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 we're all different. We're all beautiful and we all have a story. And it made me uh, value and respect women in such a different way. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting too. You said about about the painting that you bought at Fairfax. That was art, like in the 16th century or 17th century. Like there's a lot of like, we're talking about Venus de Milo. Mm-hmm. She's naked. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that's just how it was. Somewhere down the line, we became very prudish as a society, and probably some ways for the better. But that. You would see that. I mean, you, you go to Europe, and there's you know the, the proverbial naked okay. statues uh-huh. of the guys with you know the wieners are hanging out in the mm-hmm. statue. Nobody cares. Nobody walks by and's like, oh my god. Right here, it's like put a pair of shorts on that guy. Like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's, but that's art. Exactly. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling, the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. So, Jess, I'm really interested in this because I've never talked to Playboy Playmate about this stuff. You get the call mm-hmm. and they say, okay, you are going to be in the magazine. Mm-hmm. And then you do, have you already done your shoot? No, so they hold those pictures as far as like things that are leaked later on. So mm-hmm. that's not part of your pictorial because they have a theme for you. You sit down with a writer um, who writes your bio and they get to know you and they decide where you'd fit best, what month, what your set's going to be. Um, and they picked me for July. So I was Miss July. And what did you say to lead you to be chosen in July? Like, what were you saying in your interview? I guess. I like um, sun or? <laughs> <laughs> I like to tan nude on the beach. No, no, no. Um, I actually uh, am a like I guess an adrenaline junkie, mm-hmm. so um, I love going on um, speedboats and like I kind of like led with that and jet skis during the summer. And they were like, okay, well you're the blonde California, you're from here, and you just fit in the summer months. So which one? And they picked me to be the patriotic uh, playmate. And if I could have chosen a month, I would have chosen July. They mm-hmm. don't ask you, but um, when they told me my month, I was so excited because you know it's a big deal. Fourth of July, they have the big parties at the mansion. Um, I felt very honored to be July, and so my big tutorial was on a yacht even though most of it was a set it was all done in studio so it looks like i'm coming downstairs of a yacht and it's really just a half-assed staircase <laughs> um a basement it, off of la cienega yeah you're yeah. just like walking in you're like i trust you guys um <laughs> they did put me on a boat for um the opening page and what's funny is um when you do your signing 
So you open up the centerfold and do your signing. You're I actually was, signing the centerfold. Exactly. Yeah, got your autograph on it. I was the last girl to ever do a signing. They oh, really? stopped doing it. Yeah, I don't know if the demand wasn't really there or what the case was, but I was the last girl to have a signing. And so I had maybe your penmanship was so good, no one could. Nobody follow could. It. Yeah, it's like, it's like how do you these, beat these that? These are perfectly rounded letters. This rounded J letters. Yes, that's exactly what they were thinking. <laughs> um, no, but what we found out too is um, I'm one of the first playmates in writing to put that I have been bisexual since I was 13 years old. So oh. a lot of girls kind of dabble in the question, like maybe. But I knew that I was bisexual since I was, you know, young. And the response that I got from women showing up to my signing was ridiculous. I mean, I had so many girls. I had a girl bring her underwear, ask me to sign her underwear. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, we're in a restaurant right now signing and <laughs> you brought your panties. Okay. Um, and since then, my following has become less male and more female because more women feel like they can relate to me. I talk very openly about sexuality, about raising my son in you know a very conservative world, yet in the superficial LA lifestyle. It's very um, touchy for me. But the way that I raise him, so many people are like, how are you in the spotlight? And how did you do Playboy and still maintain being a good mom? Mm -hmm. And it's just openness. Like that's the only thing I can say is from day one, I've always talked to him like an adult. I've always, I've never baby talked to him. I've never um, treated him like a child. It's always been, if he's in trouble, I get down on my knees. I look at him eye to eye and we have a conversation about it. And he is one of the most... I would say well-rounded kids that I've ever met. And mm. I'm not a mom to toot my own horn. I see bad kids. My nieces are atrocious. <laughs> um, but with him, it's just, it's the openness and the honesty and not because I told you so, you have to break down the reasons of why things are the way that they are. And I've never had a problem with him. I, I don't think I've ever had to discipline him maybe one time in his whole adolescent life. So when do you want to tell him that you were a Playboy Playmate? Or does he know already? Um, he knows that I he knows that I do modeling and it drives him crazy because he wants to do it as well. He mm -hmm. doesn't understand why mom's on Halloween costumes and he's not. <laughs> um, so I think it's more of breaking it to him that um, I'm not ever going to let him do <laughs> the, uh, the entertainment industry. It's too stressful. But um, he's starting to see the attention when we go out and he's he's getting very um what's the word protective mm -hmm. even if, as a seven-year-old um when i get hit on at the park or at the grocery store um he'll kind of step in front and and back people away so i think by the time that that happens it will be an open talk and i think that'll handle it the same way that i think that if my mom told me because my mom tried out for playboy and didn't get it really and my aunt tried out and she didn't wow get it. so growing up again i i never had this um taboo talk there was nothing that was um, unacceptable to ask my parents. Um, and hopefully later on, cause I am going to start doing my own podcast. I'm gonna have my mom on because she is one of the craziest, mo most outspoken uh, women I've ever met or been around. And I got that from her. And mm -hmm. it's just, if you're yourself and you just keep it as real as you can be, nobody can ever get mad at you. Like that's the one thing I learned from her is you own your, your, your shit. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of keep, you keep up with it. And I've had great success because of that. I've never compromised morals. I've never done anything that I wasn't proud of. And I'm hoping that being in LA with my son, he'll right. learn the same thing. Well, the thing is too, I mean, it'd be benefit to tell him because sooner or later, some of one, somebody will, will find a friend or something. And yeah. All you gotta do is just Google, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But again, the pictures that I did, I'm proud of. I'm, of course. And that's something too where it's, um, I guess the women that have done sex tapes that got leaked or you know something that they feel ashamed about, then that's something that you feel like you have to hide. Mm -hmm. With him, it's kind of, it's more what it's done for me and, and the, the gifts that it's given him because he, 
I grew up very poor. Like my family had nothing mm. and I'm the oldest of, of the eldest of five. And he's been, you know, every class he's want, he's wanted to take. He, uh, took a drum class from John from system of a down. He's mm. like, he does art classes. So those luxuries, it was because of one of the many reasons, but playboy was one of them. So it's going to be talked about in, in a higher regard rather than mommy did this when she was younger. And right. you know, it was a one time, no, no, no. Like it changed my life and it changed his life and it's for the better. For the better. Yeah, yeah exactly. So when, when you took the original pictures, um, or when they first accept you, they tell you right away, okay, you're going to be the, the playmate of the month. Cause usually every magazine has two or three girls that test the, for like what? in the actual magazine. Like when you buy an issue of playboy, okay. there's, there's the, there's the centerfold. Correct. And then there's usually a, another, a couple other pictorials with other girls. Yeah. Right? Usually that's like celebrity pictorials, the oh, cover okay. girl. Yeah. So you're the playmate of that month. That's your star month. So you knew right away, like you are going to be the playmate of the month. Exactly. Got and it. Crystal Hefner was actually on the cover of my magazine. So it was me and Crystal only in that magazine. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But you were on the cover? No, she was because she was, she was the, the celebrity pictorial because she was marrying oh, Hef. Oh, got it. So, and that was actually the runaway, the runaway bride issue when she had left him at the altar. So while I'm doing my signing because she's blonde, people are like, why would you leave him? I'm like, <laughs> it's not that's me. not me. It's not me. <laughs> Look, my hair's darker blonde. No? Okay, fine. Um, yeah, so you're, you're, that's your month. It's kind of like your pride. You get like a little necklace that says Miss July. Yeah. You get your playmate necklace. It is, it's an honor. Um, but the, the thing that these girls forget is that's not the only thing you should have going for you. Well, that's and, what you said earlier. Yeah. And it's so sad to see these 18, 19-year-old girls come out and, you know, they're their life savings or their playmate uh, check that they get, they, they spend it on this luxury apartment and this and that. And then when their month's over, honey, and then there's a new girl. Like there's mm -hmm. now, now what are you going to do? And I hear these awful stories and it just breaks my heart because nobody's there to mentor, to educate. And that's kind of where I felt somebody was needed. And I wanted to be a voice for these girls that have no direction or scared to even ask questions. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, why are you scared? Like if this is your livelihood and you're compromising it because you're worried you can't make rent, there's other ways to make rent. Like it's almost so, like you need a playmate for 401 K program. Something. Or something right? Yeah. Yeah. To ensure, yeah. Yeah. And they don't tell you that. So if you are, you know, a girl fresh out of high school, even not even college high school, mm -hmm. and they're, they're promising you this glamorous lifestyle, which it can be, if you're not educating yourself on a consistent basis, then you will fall, fall behind and you will become just, you know, another playmate that still comes to the mansion in their sixties, hoping to, you know, meet yeah, their yeah, husband. I'm ready you for know? one last shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. Like, you know, if you're J July 1st, you're the queen of the world and mm -hmm. July 31st, you're done. Well, yeah. And then August comes in. Yeah. So see you later. Yeah. So, so is this like, you keep mentioning your signing. Mm -hmm. Is this just, are you doing it like a, a press tour? Or I actually hired a publicist. Smart. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the right yeah, way. Get the most you can out of it. Exactly. And I was also doing TV hosting for Top Rank before I did Playboy. So I had like a lot of things going mm -hmm. on. And that's why I felt that it was just a stepping stone or just like an addition to the resume. Um, because it wasn't, it wasn't the only thing I was doing, nor was it the only thing I wanted to mm -hmm. do. Um, so you do your signing. And I just went all across the United States. And I did club appearances. And I worked. I hustled so much. Saved a lot of money. And so now I have that luxury to have a little nest egg Smart, to kind of yeah. roll it into something else for what I'm passionate about. I'm not really, nobody is really passionate about modeling. And if you are, then you're just a narcissist. I mean, well, and that's only going to last for so long. Exactly. Too, right? yeah. I'm lucky that I've lasted this long. And on Instagram, <laughs> you have the 18, 19 year old girls that are coming up and they take great selfies with their boobs and they have a million followers. I'm 31 and I just hit a million followers. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I actually could have kept it going as long as I did, I'm like, okay, I, every single goal I had, I kind of checked it off and now it's like, okay, I'm happy. I'm content. Time to come in for the new, you know, the new meet. But it's funny too, though. Like you're talking about like 31, 27 is a grandma for, for Playboy and 31, but it's like, 
we're really kind of crossing over this line of what age means. Oh, yeah. Age, With all these I mean? women, especially. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, think, I, I know it's a little bit different for guys, but I went and saw the, the Rolling Stones about a month ago, and I think Mick Jagger's 72. You guys have and, it easy, though. You get was, better with age. Well, he was so good. Yeah, you, you didn't see a 72-year-old man. You saw a great rock and yeah. roll front man. Yeah. You know, but for girls, too, it's like you're 31. Like, I'm, okay, are you, are you 18? Are you like, you wouldn't even guess you're 31. Even if you were 31, what difference does it make? It's like you still look like you do which is amazing so you're saying i'm 27 and a grandma or i'm 31 and i'm so old it's it's crazy still that oh yeah like when i have um i've actually had jobs that i've showed up on and they okay so if i get booked for something they don't ask your age back in the day when you were signed with an agency you were cut off at 24 if you were 25 and you were just gorgeous you're not getting signed to willamina ford yeah so when i show up at jobs and people do ask never once have i lied a lot of girls will start to kind of tweak their 29 yeah um, and I was kicked off of a job because of my age, even though I looked just like my pictures, it was the fact that I was 30 and it's like, mm, no, 30 is like, no, that's bad. 29 iffy 30. It's like, you're crossing over into, you better have your shit together and start a new career. Mm-hmm. So I still dabble in modeling because it does pay the bills. But when I show up to a modeling job, there's no passion being told, you know, to, to smile and, and put on this and do this and be fidgeted. Like. I'm done with that. Like, I'm yeah, okay yeah. to like, yeah. I'll start doing that to the other girls that <laughs> love it and get up and, and want to be in front of the camera and have this glow to them. Me, it's like, I would rather do behind the scenes and kind of fix what's not, you know, looking right. That's kind of what I like to do. And I've always done that for all of my shoots as I was with my own stylist. I did my own like hair and makeup. And now I'm happy to say there's so many more beautiful women that are up and comers that need that kind of guidance. And I would love to be that for them. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah, that's just where I'm at right now. Well, but you, like once again, you, you started as a late bloomer at sure, 27. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it hard when you turned 30? Like, was it, did you feel like, oh my gosh, or were you cool with it? I actually thought it was going to hit me a lot harder. 31 was, uh, I guess, a little bit more rough. Um, but 30, I was looking at it like, I've already had my son. I was mm-hmm. already married. So if I didn't have those things nor a career going for me and I hit 30, it's like, what am I doing yeah, with yeah, my yeah. life? Yeah. I felt like I kind of I, – I started late as far as the modeling goes, but I, I lived a lot within my 20s. I would never trade going back to my early 20s ever. Mm-hmm. Late 20s were great for me because of the all of the roller coaster rides that I did with uh, work, but I would never trade my awkward, um, insecure <laughs> 20s ever, ever, ever. So how big of a deal is it like when you're the playmate of the month? Like, does it kind of, is it a, a, a the proverbial rocket on your ass? It just, is, are you, oh my God, hey, does everyone know you sort of thing? And Yeah, but you have to work for yourself. Um, you can't, and that's what I've learned in the industry is you can't count on anybody else to help you make your dreams come true. Like, mm-hmm. That sounds so cliche, but it's true. I hired, as soon as I became um, a playmate, I hired a PR, um, I hired an assistant. So I had my PR firm, I had an assistant and I literally was getting up at 5 a.m. and I was going to bed at 2 a.m. You're hustling. Was, oh my God. And that's, again, I think I'm burnt out from that because not one day did I have rest, not one day. So the whole year I just worked, worked, worked and then started having other things parlay into other businesses. And now it's like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'd like to get a good like eight, nine hours, you know, rest. So up again today, 5 a.m. So I go through these spurts of working my ass off and then I have some time to decompress and kind of see, um, you know, see everything grow mm-hmm. from all the hard work that I put into it. How long does the uh, does the the ride last, for example, from being, you know, July 2011 for the next year, are you getting gigs? For the next three months? For the next, how long does can you how long can you milk it? I guess is what I'm saying. If that's all you had, 
if you had the whole package, brains, personality, looks, you're working for Playboy for a long time. There's girls that were um, playmates in the uh, early 2000s, and they're still c- consistently working. But then also, if you're doing just, appearances, yeah, clubs appearances. Working at the mansion as bunnies. Um, I, I get to go to, I just get, got back from Australia. I just got back from Japan, China. So for Playboy, if you are a brand ambassador and you fit like the whole model, you're going to be working. But again, if you don't have the sure. whole package, you're not, they're just going to, the next girl's going to come. Yeah, they're yeah. going to book those girls. So for me, I can still work every day if I wanted to for Playboy. But when you know that there's other girls that have their rent, you know, that needs mm-hmm. to be done and stuff, you kind of take a step back and you're like, I'm not hurting, you know, mm. for money. Like I, I have other things. So when Playboy does send those emails out, you're like, I don't need that job right now. Give it to somebody that, you know, is Miss July 2015, mm-hmm. you know, give it to her. Um, and that's a luxury that I'm so thankful to have. I don't think a lot of girls, especially in LA yeah, can smart. afford rent by themselves, you know, in a two bedroom. Yeah. Um, and not live paycheck to paycheck. Right. So I'm very lucky, very fortunate. When you go overseas, like to Australia, for example, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Oh, appearances. Um, I have a big fan base. And that's kind of where Playboy is smart is they figure out the girls that are in demand, the girls that have the huge followings on social media. There's, there's a reason for that. So for me, my social following, I think, grew because I'm kind of very outspoken, um, quirky. Snapchat's huge right now. And I've been told by certain agencies, you need to like be more sexy. You know, wear the mm-hmm. bathing suit and jump around. I'm like, go off yourself. Like, no. So it's me <laughs> being an idiot on Snapchat, making fun of myself. Um, I wear no makeup and I'm wearing face masks and girls like the realness of that. So that's why I'm telling you, like my, my social media is mostly women because I'm the voice for women that are like, Hey, I'm funny and goofy. And you know, I don't like to always be dressed up and wear high heels. I like to wear chucks all the time. So I'm more of the girl's girl, but the guy's girl. Personality is sexy though. Not to men. I've had a lot of guys tell me to shut my mouth and put on a a bra top and then I just delete them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. well, those are idiots, but not for me. Like to me, like you said, pretty girls, not that they're a dime a dozen because they're not, but you can find a lot of pretty girls. Especially especially here. this town. I know. How many of those girls can you have a good conversation with? How many of those girls can make you laugh? How many of those girls are a little bit of a nerd or a goof or whatever it is? That's a little bit harder to find. It is very appealing to some segment of of the male population because I'm one of them. True, but... Let's flip that. And I was talking to uh, Stacy about this. For me, being normal in my glasses, I have big Coke bottle glasses that I wear nice. when I around my co- contacts. Um, I never get hit on by normal people. I get hit on. I was at the deli the other day, and a guy <laughs> named Anoush hit on me. Like those kind of guys are the ones that hit on me. The very older. I'm a director, and I'm this. It's hard for a girl like me who's not superficial, who doesn't go to the Mr. Chow's to network and stuff like that. It's hard for me to meet a normal guy, maybe even a guy that's divorced with a kid or something, some kind of connection. So the last time I was hit on by a normal person was probably like six, seven months ago. Hmm. And I live in Sherman Oaks, a very suburban, you know, part of town. So you guys meet the pretty girls that, you know, are maybe a dime a dozen in LA. It's hard for girls like me who are more on the normal Mm. side to meet a normal guy. Mm -hmm. I'm about ready. I told my girlfriend, I was like, should I go on Tinder? She goes, if you go on Tinder, there's no hope for anybody. (laughs) But it's to that point where it's like, what's wrong with me? I started questioning myself. Like, do I need to network? No, I, mm-hmm. I don't need to dress up in, in a short dress and go sit by a bar and meet somebody. I'd rather be single and do golden girls with my single <laughs> girlfriends later on. Like if that's the case. So yeah, so it, it's catch 22 being a pretty girl in LA because you do have the guys that are seeking just that. Mm. But then when you're like, that's not what I want and I'm going to never wear makeup around you. You're going to see me in my sweats all the time. They're kind of like, Oh, then you're not the Jessa that I thought you were. You're not the playmate. Exactly. Exactly. So you have that stereotype and it works for you to open doors, but then it also closes doors for you as well. Mm -hmm. 
just out of curiosity, you mentioned earlier, and, and you don't have to give me a, an exact figure, but when you are a Playmate of the Month, is that a, a five-figure check that you're getting? Is it a six-figure check that you're getting? Is it, is it a big payoff? You get 25000 Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And then taxes. Uh, yeah. And then it's spread over <laughs> the year. Okay. So, so you're making about, you know... 1500 bucks a month. Yeah, pretty much yeah. if they if they give you increments. So there's certain stages when you do your testing or when you do your centerfold, then when you do the um, video because they do a video for you, then when you sit down and get your Playmate necklace. So it's it's in increments. Um, but again, if you're not smart with your money, a lot of girls are like 25 grand, I'm rich. Oh my God, yeah. And then they're like, oh God, rent is you know $2,000. I didn't get booked this month. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get booked this month. So the check is great. And that was one of the things that, I mean, like I said, I was growing, I grew up very poor. So that money was just like, yes, like that's great. The biggest check you'd ever got. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, it definitely was. But from then on out, I realized that it didn't matter about the money because I've been offered tons of money to do some shady crap. Mm-hmm. Never once has that figure ever flash in front of my eyes and I said, I don't feel comfortable, but I need the money. I'd rather work at Target or I'd rather work at you yeah, know, a yeah, shoe company sure. than ever do something that my family would be upset about, I'd be upset about, or even my son. Like, what kind of role model is that? Right. You know, that I gave in to, I need money, I have to do something that I'm mm-hmm. not proud mm-hmm. of, but mommy has to pay bills. No, like, come on now. That's right. not, it's There's not for me. There's always a way out other than that. Exactly. What kind of a relationship do you have? You mentioned that you, met, you meet Hugh right off the bat, mm-hmm. movie nights, et cetera. When you are actually announced as the Playmate of the Month, do you have, uh, is, is there any relationship with him? Is he there? He's so busy. Like he, um, I've maybe been around him, and I was a Playmate in 2011, 10 times total, hmm. maybe, in, in the last few years. Because um, again, there's so many girls that you know need the attention uh, for their month. And so during mine, I stayed at the mansion for my testing, then I went back. Um, and went to visit, but I've never been to a Playboy party. Hmm. It's not really my scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never really um, been like around when he had the girlfriends, like the girls next door. I met Crystal a few times. Um, but yeah, he can be in your life as much as you want him to be, but not in that aspect. Um, I'd rather just sit at home and read than kind of be mm-hmm. around all the in partying. The and then, yeah. And plus, around my son, like I'd rather just be. Of course, of course. Yeah. So I work so much that it's my downtime. I'd rather. Yeah, hang out with not him. Be hanging so. out with you, Hefner. Yeah, <laughs> when, I went, when I went to the that party the one time, he came out on the lawn. I can't remember what it was for, like whatever the hell it was for, but like everybody, like all these girls, were just like shh. It was like Beatlemania. Oh, there's no like, sort of shortage of women for him. Yeah, he doesn't have to like go after anybody. They flock out. to him. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. And whether they're playmates or wanted want want to be playmates, attempted playmates, it's just like there he is. Rah! I'm pretty you sure know? he gets letters written to him every month to be a girlfriend. Like I, I mean, oh, I see right. it all the time. These girls are just, just obsessed with him. Symbol. Almost. Mm-hmm. You know? How about the grotto? I've been in the grotto once. You went and I took it? a shower. Yeah, I took a shower right after. It was um. I took a shower right, <laughs> right after. after. I wore a radiation suit. When I, I was like, okay, I put my toe and I'm done. Um, <laughs> no, the grotto is sexy, but the reason I was in it is because um, I did a photo shoot for Milwaukee's Best, mm-hmm. uh, the beer, and they had me. This, <laughs> they had me go like up to here and they wanted me to dunk my head back and come up and I was like there's no way in hell that I'm putting my head under this water <laughs> right. so I did the do fake you know one. what's in this water I did the fake one where I put my hands right here and then I like pu- like push myself up uh-huh. and then as soon as I was done I was like oh I hear so many stories like uh-huh. I just need to like go shower and so that was the only time I was ever in the grotto <laughs> yeah no shady stuff happened on my end in the oh, grotto I'm just, I'm just looking at it going I don't think I'm ever going to go in there it's like going to the pool at like a rehab in Las Vegas or something oh. like, I'm not going in that pool no that's so there's bad 
2,000 people and 1,000 of them are in there doing stuff. And I've heard stories of people that work there because they used to live in uh, Vegas and who'd work at the pool and the amount of chlorine and the amount of stuff that they clean, <laughs> yeah. it just it changed my life forever. <laughs> right. I'm like, even Raging Waters, I don't want to go in that pool. Right. No, thank you, son. We're not going to any water park. You're going to have to just go to a regular <laughs> exactly. park. I apologize. I'll take a hose and put a piece of plastic <laughs> down in the front Slip yard. Slip inside. Go. go. It's like I saw this thing on uh, 2020 or something where they had they went to like these very five-star hotels, like the Waldorf Astoria or whatever, and they had like a blue light. Don't. And they're shining and it's like, oh, dude. You don't even that. It. Oh, yeah. So Motel 6 is out of the question. <laughs> yeah, it might even be better. Like, it was just why, like, I, I couldn't look away. I'm like, I don't want to see this. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the same vibe, you know? Vegas in general is yeah. just don't go anywhere near any of the walls. I um, went to Puerto Rico, and we had these maids who were cute little um, Latina girls that mm -hmm. came in. And I kind of was talking to them because I'd never been to Puerto Rico. And I was like, I want to sightsee. Where should I go? Blah, blah, blah. One story led to another, and I asked them, I said, you guys clean, they're, they're young, beautiful women. Like, does any, like, do they hit on you, the guys, like, or anything? Mm -hmm. They, like, they said, no, but we find condoms everywhere. I'm mm -hmm. like, what do you mean everywhere? She goes, every painting, if you click the painting up, you'll see stuff drop. I'm like, oh. oh. Who does that, right? I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. But I couldn't believe that these girls were, like, telling me, and it's like, I go to work every day, and this is what I do. I was like, the hell with that? Oh, yeah. I was like, Behind just paintings. So every time I walk into a hotel, I'm just like, where is it? Trying to pull it out just to see. I'm like, nothing's there. It's like a ghost. If you hear something, you're like, nope, I just nothing. Nope, yeah, it's I not there. I, I don't know if that's a thing. I've never heard that. Yeah, I'll just put it behind the painting. Don't worry about it. Is that like just, an ego right. thing? Like for a guy, like I'm leaving part of me here. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I'm leaving my DNA. <laughs> little tangent that. Uh, yeah, yeah, just I'm, thought you said Waldorf, and this hotel was beautiful. So I'm like, if that happens there, I couldn't even imagine what happens. You know, in the shiesty places. The next places. time I go to a hotel, you have to I'm like click the check. painting. Right, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna say <laughs> true story. I can't make this up. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. But they told me that that happens on a regular basis. <laughs> just thought I would share that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You mentioned before you were talking to your girlfriend. We were saying, is this your girlfriend, like a friend that's a girl, or your girlfriend that's a girl? about what? Well, just you're talking about, like you mentioned before, that you've been bisexual since mm -hmm. you were 13. Mm -hmm. Do you have a girlfriend? I've had girlfriends, but no, not right okay, now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So how do you know? I mean, when you're 13, like what what attracted you to? Like, how did you know that I'm bisexual? It seems like such a big term to use. It's sure. Um, I guess it was more because of the um, the locker rooms, because I was in junior high and I'd be around a lot of girls, um, and that's where you start to figure out that you feel different things for women than you you know would for men. And I gravitated more towards girls. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really talk to my mom about. It. I knew that she was bisexual, but it was kind of like Your mom's uh, bisexual too. Uh -huh. Yeah, wow, so okay. is, my sister has been with girls as well. Your aunt as well? I don't know about my okay, aunt. I, I think that because... she's. I think my aunt's a hippie, free love type of like. Yeah, maybe Whatever. she has. Because sure. they said they tried it for Playboy, so I'm like, there's a, there's a pattern here. Yeah, but I've noticed a lot of girls. Um, 
they're bisexual with a few shots of tequila. Okay. Like that's, and that's never anything that I was attracted to. Or girls that um, were attracted to me to say, if I was ever lesbian, it would mm. be with you. Which does suck because you could get feelings if you are bisexual. You do get feelings for women. So to have that kind of, and this happened to me, happened to me before, where they thought that they were and then they're like, no, like I do like men more. And then you're like, well, I was invested and now nothing. They're trying something adventurous and then they... Yeah, you're the one like experiment, you know? Right. And you're like, well, I'm not really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say I haven't, taken advantage of that Mm -hmm. but in all honesty the older i get as well i feel that all i see are the girls that um are questioning it or you know experimenting it's very rare to meet um a legit lesbian or bisexual girl um that wants monogamy a lot of them want to just fool around and that's Mm -hmm. not really Mm -hmm. especially with my son it's not for me right Um, right so no but i have had girlfriends that were serious um um, but as far as long distance or long term relationships, I've dated more men. I've probably hooked up with more girls, but I've dated more men seriously. It would seem like a relationship, a bisexual relationship, is, is it hard to find other bisexual women or is there more just lesbian women? Um, I've dated anywhere from butch lesbians to lipstick lesbians to bisexual to curious to, and I think that the hardest thing to find is the trust. I would have girls that were lesbians that knew that I liked men and women. They would go through my phone or if a good guy, a good looking guy or girl walk, you know, by you, they're like, are you looking at them? So it's more of the, the trusting and same mm-hmm. with on my end, I would have girls that were bisexual and I'm like, if we're hooking up, you need to be careful. Like that's, you can't like mess around like that. And it was always that trust where it's like, no, like I don't trust that feeling that I get when I'm with you that you're not doing other things. So I became super conservative with who I was hooking up with or giving even any of my time to mm-hmm. because I might kind of hunt like a man. Like when I look at people or look at somebody I'm attracted to, I have that urge to be a hunter. I've taken it down so much because I am still a woman at the end of the day and my feelings might get hurt. Like mm-hmm. if I actually invested in somebody, I might get hurt. So it's been more of me being by myself and kind of just reading and, and doing more of the mom stuff than it has been even dating at all. So that's kind of like on the back burner right, right now right. for me. Was it something that you kind of had to keep to yourself when you were in school? Yes and no. Um, I wasn't, people don't believe this, but during junior high, I was bullied a lot. I was stick thin, um, very poor. So, I mean, the clothes that I had were from thrift stores. My parents did the best that they could. Um, but I went to a private school and all of the rich kids were there. So I would sit sometimes by myself at lunch and know that I had girls that were my friends talking about me, right? Looking straight at me and talking bad about me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the boyfriends and I didn't have the girlfriends. I didn't have the support. And the best thing that happened to me, I feel, or also the worst thing was being homeschooled because I didn't have to go through that. You know, I'm poor again. Nobody wants to be my friend. Um, And I kind of just owned my uh, being by myself and I helped raise my siblings. So that kind of uh, matured me in such a different light than if I were in high school worrying about the prom or worrying about Mm -hmm. the dances. Um, So now I feel I'm strong because of being by myself for those, you know, high school years. I kind of learned how, you know, it's okay. If nobody likes you, it's okay because I still know that I've done so much and so much that I'm proud of, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have to respect you to care about what you say. And if I don't respect you, then your words mean nothing to me. So yeah, so I, I don't think that I had to hide it as I got older. I think in junior high, it was just, just nobody was... wanted to hang out with me because I wasn't the cool girl. I just like, how do you find other bisexual girls? Yeah, it never school. happened in junior high. Gotcha. And then high school, um, no, it was, it was more around like, 
1920 when I started to be more independent and I would go out. You know, I went to like the one of the clubs for the 18 year old kids, yeah, yeah, the, you know, the stuff like that. Clubs, yeah. yeah, I went to that um, and I started to become curious and act on it more, uh, you know, 18, 19 years old and throughout, you know, till I'm 31. Right, right, right. Yeah. What, uh, what's the differences like, you know, I- intimately, like when you're with somebody in a sexual fashion? Is, is there are, are women more tentative of certain things or men rougher or like do you notice anything there like is that? a difference yes it's kind of like strip clubs girls like to go to girls strip clubs because girls are more you know they're more sensual and, and the feminine body is a lot less aggressive than the male body um i think that being with a woman it is finding a connection more like the whole package your best friend you can go shopping there's so many elements that you're like this is a great thing um but in the bedroom as I get older, I tend to want to be more submissive and I feel like only guys can be the dominant one because mm-hmm. I'm such an alpha. So it's like if I'm with a girl, I'm going to probably be control, in control. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm an alpha in every other aspect of my life, I need to kind of let go in, in one. And I think that the bedroom is the one place that you, sh- you should be feminine or be a female once in a while and not be the aggressor and tell the person, the other person, mm-hmm. what to do, how to do it, when to do it. So as I got older, I'm like, why am I so stressed all the time? And it was because I was trying to control everything in my life. And I think about 30 is when I started to become like, maybe I'll let go a little bit and become more submissive. And it just kind of changed how I felt in even the bedroom. Like I felt more like a woman and less like if I don't do it right, then I'm going to be judged. And you know, there's so much stress. And I don't think that people realize that is you have to own what you want in your life and in the bedroom. And once you do that, it's a freeing experience. There's not that much stress and you live life accordingly to that. So Mm. I kind of, yeah, I kind of like cut back on the aggressiveness in the bedroom and now I'm a lot more happy. (laughs) (laughs) And you're, and you're depending on on the, on the person that you're with either way you like girls or guys. Yeah. I, well with girls, um, because obviously with girls, there's one important element missing body part missing. No, no, you could buy it. (laughs) You could buy it. right? Yeah. I've bought it. It's, It's, you can improvise. Um, and girls tend to not take offense when you give direction or when you say you don't like something. That's another thing too, is guys have their ego bruised. It's like, no, well, wouldn't you want me to tell you? So then the next time it's like, mm. whoa, like it's, it's, you know, right. lightning, but no guys do take offense. Like I do it right. And I'm a man and I'm, you know, don't tell me I'm bad. <laughs> Obviously you're not doing it right. No, because I'm talking about you right now on this podcast. You weren't doing it right. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a thing for me too, is being the voice of women as far as sexual goes because so many women still to this day do not step up and, and own what they want. You know, more men go to sex stores or, or you know, or have more of a freakier side, whereas girls are kind of like, I'm okay with being this timid missionary type girl and I'm mm-hmm. okay with, you know, uh, never, you know, having an orgasm. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> We're in such this like, you know, where women have a say and women are, are more empowered now and, and nobody says anything until you get girls around for dinners with, with some wine and they're like, I've been in a relationship for two years and I've never had an orgasm. I'm like, Hold the right. phone. Hold on, sister. Hold on yeah. one second. So that's kind of like where I'm at is more listening to what people are saying and kind of being the voice for those girls that are scared to say something mm-hmm. or the bisexual, the curious, um, the moms that want to have a full-time job but scared that it's going to take away from their kid. There's just so many things that women have questions sure. about and I have no problem speaking on it. There's no there's no boundaries with me because I'm also curious. I'm also curious why you think the way that you do and you're not acting on it. I'm curious why this turns you on and you know it doesn't for me. So I'm, I'm more of a curious mind that has the voice to kind of bring it up and say it's okay to talk about it. Like right, if you want to talk right. about it, I'll listen with no judgment. Well, like you're talking about, yeah, all, all the kind of the, the – I don't know, do you use all the kind of categories? Single mom, playboy playmate, bisexual – 
you know, divorce, you have you can answer questions for all pretty of much that. everything. You know, yeah, bus- businesswoman, yeah, business entrepreneur, owner, yeah, entrepreneur, exactly all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it's, I was just going to say too, is it, it, it's so much of a different connotation when a, a girl says that she's bisexual. It's kind of a little bit more natural for some reason. Mm-hmm. If a guy says he's bisexual, that's just like that seems a little bit more out in left field. See, but know? for me, if a guy told me that he was bisexual, it would not deter me from dating him. Mm-hmm. So I feel that there is a double standard there and I'm not there understanding is. it. And that's again why I love LA. I have a love-hate relationship with LA, kind of for the morals and, and the people selling their souls to make it big. But I love LA because of the openness and mm-hmm. the, the acceptance. And I probably have more gay friends than I have straight friends. And there's no, there should be no um, stipulation on who you are attracted to or who you love or, or what gender, age, I mean, age maybe, but um, there's certain things that just should not ever be a factor on caring about somebody or being attracted to someone. And that's another thing I talk to people and we can heated arguments, whether it's religion, politics, or gay, straight, you know, marriage, there's these heated arguments. Those are the top three things you don't talk about, right? (laughs) Especially on a first date. (laughs) Um, No, and it is the double standard to where if a guy says, you know, well, once in a while it's like well why like why, mm. why do we still have that negative um attachment to a guy can't hook up with another guy but a second a girl does it's hot and, and for me i don't right. understand that yeah, yeah, yeah. i never did um and i don't and i don't think if i saw two guys kissing or two girls kissing i would feel any different way for either of them so it's just that's just me though that's to each other exactly yeah, yeah. kind of and, going back to the free love you know back in the days um where it wasn't looked at like oh god like i can't tell my parents like there was this one little pivotal time that we were okay with the open sexuality. And then the second that that, you know, the hippie days were over, it's like, nope. Like, oh, that guy dresses like a girl. He's a cross-dresser. He's this. And he likes men. It's like, no, I just like to wear guy liner. Like, no, I don't like men. Right, I don't right, like right, right. So again, it's all yeah. this judgment. And LA is the only place I found, and maybe San Francisco, to where it's like, no, no, no. I am who I am. And you know what? You're a cool person. I want to hang out with you. I want to be around you. Your energy makes me happy. Yeah. Or so. if you're in a rock and roll band, you can wear eyeliner. Guyliner's hot. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, Adam I Lampert, I, I'm like, he does something. I, I, I'm very. We had a festival <laughs> last year in England and it was a big crowd. I was like, I'm going to put some eyeliner on. What the hell? And someone's like, You can't wear eyeliner. I said, Yeah, I can. I can do what I want. I'm in a rock and band. Yeah. I'm a rock star. I can do it. Whatever. And did anybody judge you? Well, I mean, the, 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 the people, like a couple guys that saw me close, you don't need that stuff. Don't wear eyeliner. But those are just guys that aren't confident, confident. in their own sexuality. Exactly. I always love that. Like, I always say, like, I'm saying this in a completely respectful way. I, I'm 10% gay. Like, I have that mm-hmm. vibe where it's like, I understand the flamboyance of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, you know, I like. I like that kind of pomp and you circumstance. You own it, yeah. yeah. You have to. You want to wear some eyeliner or mm-hmm. do a duck face or whatever it may yeah. be. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know? I don't. I don't care. At least I'll do what I want. Either way, it doesn't matter. You know. And why are you going to care about what other people say? Something right, makes exactly. you feel good. If That's I want right. to wear, sometimes I go out and I wear like um, tuxedo vests with like a tie, and that makes me feel sexy. So if that puts me in more of a masculine light, so be it. Yeah, sure, I'm, yeah, then yeah. I'm going to be the hottest bisexual butch-looking girl walking around. I don't, I don't care. It makes think me happy. You could really look butch, but maybe with the big nerd glasses. The Coke bottle glasses. I feel said. naked when I don't have them on. And I kind of, when I'm out in public, people notice me more with my glasses on than when I don't have them on. It's, it's like part of like, it's like my hand. It looks like Jessa, but she's not wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's her. <laughs> Just wrapping up. Um, you mentioned that you were one of the only Playboy playmates to say that you're bisexual. That's not, you didn't meet any other girls in that area that were. You meet girls, but it's uh, in the closet oh, or okay. you just kind of find out. But um, I owned it and I wanted to speak on it because so many girls were interested or, or questioned uh, questioned their sexuality. And I would get emails because from day one, they knew on Twitter, they mm. knew on social media that I was dating a woman or I've always, you know, whoever I'm dating 
that's another thing too is single women in LA tend to make it further the available you know vibe to them every time I'm in a serious relationship I post about it because social media is like an avenue or, or an outlet for me um, to kind of be like a diary so I would get people that would lose I would lose a thousand followers in a day if I posted <laughs> a picture of a guy but then I would gain a thousand more girls because they were like oh she's normal mm-hmm. she's not trying to hook up with my boyfriend she has a good looking right. boyfriend so it's, it's like a Uh, give and take when it comes to social media and guy or girl people feel like i'm that much more normal or or like them because i live this life that is kind of in the spotlight but at the same time i date i date guys and girls i have a son i work my ass off and at the end of the day i'm sharing it with people right and and, and a million people seem to be okay with my uh my lifestyle a million people that's yeah what uh who's your favorite playmate besides you I want to say Brandy Roderick. Mm. I mean, I saw her and when she walked in the room, I just stared. And again, like not in a sexual way either. It was just like that is the epitome of the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And I've, I've met almost every playmate that you know I've ever wanted to meet. And just there's something about her still to this day. I don't know her age. I don't know if she would say her age. Um, but she's just stunning. She's so stunning and such a beautiful person. Mm. Yeah. So the clothing line is something Oliver, was it? And. And Oliver, when does that debut? Um, it's going to be early fall, so we're looking uh, August, fall September. Collection. Yeah. And you said you're going to do a podcast. I am. That's great. Yeah. Here, podcast yeah. one? Uh-huh. And when it's, does that start? Um, we're talking about it now, hopefully early August as well. And again, it's going to be kind of like an open forum for men and women to kind of ask questions from you know a girl that is pretty much a girly girl, but has the mentality more of a male. And it'd be like just an open shop for everybody to kind of like hash things out or, or ask me and I think you can tell from talking to me, I don't judge at all. Mm-hmm. Like I am so curious and I'm so um, inviting to people that have these questions and I have no problem. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, but I have no filter or problem addressing it and kind of getting their opinion and other people's opinions. I love what's it. it. What's it going to be called? Um, again, we're throwing names. Oh, okay. We're throwing names around. Um, there's a few that we like right now, but something like Anything Goes with Jess Hinton. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Hinton with Hinton. Yeah, hanging with Hinton. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome. You'd be great no, at podcasting. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you. having me. Yay. <laughs> and that's exactly what she went with. Anything goes with Jessa Hinton. If you like Jessa on this show, and how could you not have, you can download new episodes of Jessa's podcast, Anything Goes with Jessa Hinton, every Tuesday at podcastone.com and iTunes. You got to check it out. She is a blast. I really enjoyed talking to her. I love her podcast. You need to go listen to it as well. And also, I got to give a, a shout out uh, not only to Jessa, but a new Talk is Jericho listener. His name is Hal emailed me and said, I am a new listener. I knew of you before I found your fo- uh, your podcast, but I don't follow wrestling. I just wanted to say you're an amazing interviewer. Thanks, man. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and yours is one of the best I've listened to. That's some high praise. Keep up the great work. Hey, Hal, thank you so much. Welcome to the party. It's never too late to come party with Y2J and Talk is Jericho. Glad you found it. Thanks for listening. Go back and listen to all the episodes. They're free. Listen, if you guys got comments or feedback about this show, please send them to talkisjericho at gmail.com or hit me up on the Twitter at talkisjericho. But if you want to send a little bit of a longer letter like Hal did, uh, talkisjericho at gmail.com, I'll pick the best ones and read them on the air. Okay? Is that cool? Sounds cool. You know, else is cool the y2j wwe fall tour that rolls on starting next friday night september 25th in toronto uh september 26th is rochester the 27th is syracuse that's where i'm going to be october 2nd trenton october 3rd y2j 25th anniversary in madison square garden is jericho 
versus Owens. It is going to be amazing. That's also going to be live on the WWE Network. Then I go to Saudi Arabia. Then I go to Mexico. Then I go with Fozzie on the Kiss Cruise. Then we're back uh, in, in the UK and in Europe. We're going all throughout the continents. Go to FozzieRock.com and find out all the information you need to get the tickets you need to go to the shows you want to go to. Biggest, big, big shows coming up. It's going to be a great, great time with Sumo Psycho and Nonpoint. you got to come check us out uh, in London, for example, November 26th at Islington Academy. How about Birmingham at the Rainbow, December 1st? What about Newcastle, December 3rd at Riverside in Newcastle? Rescue Rooms, December 4th in Nottingham. So many great shows coming up. I want you to go to FozzyRock.com and get all the ticket information, all the VIP information as well come hang out with me uh you'll get the chance to meet me i'll be at every vip uh, on the fozzy bring your uh your fozzy merch bring your WWE merch bring whatever you want to bring i'll sign it we'll take some pictures we'll hang out and have a good time everybody has a good time all right thanks to you guys for being here thanks for listening twice a week for free thanks to draftkings.com don't forget to use my promo code y2j to play for free seat geek use my promo code chris j to get that 20 dollars rebate off your final purchase ddp yoga go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho get in the best shape of your life naturebox.com slash jericho get the free snacks uber true car and of course amazon easiest way to support this podcast use my links whenever you do any shopping buy the new iron maiden record book of souls i bought the vinyl lp uh the triple album i use my uh my my uh, amazon link to uh put a couple bucks back into into my own uh show the new slayer record repentless alive uh, Kiss Alive, get the new Ultimate Warrior book that Dana Warrior had so much to do with that. Um, buy the Playboy that Jessa Hinton was in. You can probably find that as well. Anything you want, Amazon USA, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada A, access those by going to podcastone.com. Click on the Supporter Show span, uh, Sponsors banner at the top of the page. Hit the Talk is Jericho button. Amazon link's right there to hook up me, uh, hook up you, hook up the sponsors. Thank you. I love you. Stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs next Wednesday. Got the insane clown posse are going to be here. Violent J, Shaggy, Two Dope. What a controversial uh, show it's going to be. Come join me with ICP next Wednesday. Thanks so much to Jessa Hinton, and thanks for you for being here. That's all we need. That's all we got. Yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.